Good morning, everybody. My name is Nick, and uh, it's been my privilege to, and Kati, to be in this church. And um, I'm so glad um, that God is, can I use the word bopa? He's, he harnessed us. He, 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 he put his, his yoke on us, and he said, you're a bit of a dangerous couple, so I need to put you into a church. I need to cement you into a church. Otherwise, I'd, uh, I'm a bit of a, have a wandering soul. I'd be out there messing around, playing golf, surf skiing, going another berg trip. But the Lord said, I want you amongst my people. I want you every single Sunday to be among my people. And uh, if you're not among his people, of course, this is the choir you hear. But um, online, if you're not well, we pray for you. But if you're just sitting at home, I would urge you to come to church, to be amongst fellowship. Amen. Yesterday, we had the memorial of a brother, Terry Stain. If you could just put a picture up of him. If you have one, some of you would remember Terry Stain. Um, he's been here, I forget, Michael, maybe 30 years plus. And uh, yes, yesterday was his memorial. Um, he fell, and um, we're not sure whether he had a heart attack or a stroke, but he died. And uh, he's the kind of man that, um, in 23 years since I've been in this church, he's, he's only ever smiled. He's only ever said thank you. He's only ever been a blessing. He looked after people. He cared for people. When you sit uh, in a memorial and you just hear people speaking his own family, um, he's the kind of guy that never came up to the front as far as I can remember. Um, I don't think I'm so embarrassed to say, I don't know if he ever came to a house. I just thought, Lord, he never came to a house, you know. But he's a model saint. Never got married. Perhaps fell in love with somebody that they couldn't get together. Um, but he's now with Jesus. And I think when we get there, Swayze, as he's commonly or, or known as he, among his friends, I think he's going to have a seat where some of the guys in the front, maybe like me, will be seated somewhere in the distance, but maybe a guy like Terry. And I want to I honor him posthumously. Is that the right word? And just recognize him. And it and, uh, could, be, could be you. We don't know if he fell. He, was, he, he fell down some stairs, um, whether that was what ended his life. Or, but he's with Jesus now. And I'm, I'm, uh, I felt the Lord say to me, shepherd my people to the grave, Nick. And I want to honor him, and I want to recognize him, and I want to say, men and women like this is what makes up a church. Unsung heroes, extraordinary men and women who just get on with it. He probably tithed every month. We don't know who tithes and who doesn't. But just, I just want to honor him and thank God for a guy like this that would form the pillar and foundation of a church like Red Point. Can you say amen? amen. And we thank God for his life, Lord. Uh, trust that you're having a wonderful time in glory with him, Jesus. Amen. It's nice to see you this morning. Some of you are not well, I know. Some of you kind of maybe a bit sick, maybe emotionally difficult, maybe depressed. Maybe you are fighting with your God. You're saying, I'm just losing my faith. I'm like, you know, I want a revival. I was worshiping this morning and thinking, I don't want the revival that we had in the 70s. I don't want that. We had that. And now we've got this, and I'm saying, praise God. Uh, Kati was looking at some old photos that, that, that we had when I was running after her all over the world and in Greece and Israel, and um, I was young and handsome and slim. I've lost all that now. Uh, well, I thought I was handsome. Kati wasn't that sure, but, but um, as, as wonderful as it was, I don't want that anymore. I want this. I, I remember being in the playhouse with revivals. They were extraordinary 
They were wonderful, but, but, but this, this is what I want today. No regrets, amen? And so you may be struggling, you may, I don't know what, but God is moving us on through the ages, isn't he? He's, he knows what he's doing. Um, you know, there's so many people that are wrestling with stuff, but actually God is moving, he's with us, amen? And uh, this morning I hope to, you know, we, we got sort of a week's teaching. I estimated 14 sermons. We got us like drinking water through a fire hydrant. It's like, you know, and then we had another, I don't know, five, six sessions at our home. I mean, how do you process 15, 16, 17 messages in five days? You can't. You can't process it. One hopes that you receive the word, it lands in your soul, and the, like seed. And, you know, the, the, the earth doesn't just pop forth with all its fruit and all its glory and its leaves and its stalk and the head and the kernel. It just takes some time. Amen. And I want to talk to you this morning about a man. Um, we don't often speak about him. His name is John. Two Johns in the Bible, John the Baptist and John the Apostle. And I want to talk to you a little bit about him, maybe take the pressure off you to do, 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 you know, and, and go, 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 which we need to do. And some of us, some of you are saying we really want to do stuff. We want to get on with the kingdom, and I, and I get that, but I want to let the word of God land in you. I want to talk about a man and something about him that will make this journey possible. Is that okay? And so um, I really want to talk to you about the love of God and uh, Mission Impossible, Rob Hutton said that was his first preach. We had stuff about the Holy Spirit. Where, uh, Meryl spoke about God. When he looks at you, he smiles. Um, it's like, I just thought, wow, how amazing is that? When God looks at you, he just smiles. And you think, no, not smiling at me. If he knew I was like Zacchaeus, you know, a tax collector. I've got stuff in my house Jesus mustn't see. You know what I'm saying? And so, but God smiles. And uh, there was a wonderful peace, uh, being a resilient people, marriage in the front lines, the Holy Spirit by Andrew Thompson as a teacher was amazing, bringing on elders we spoke about, the local and the global, a young lady spoke about, women in ministry, which I thought was so good, women in ministry, the, the debate is, you know, should a woman be in government, should women be elders, there's a big debate in the world, I'm thinking, just let the woman be who Jesus wants them to be, in the fullness of what God has made them to be, they are the glory of man, amen? And so we're fighting this fight, and Jesus is saying, wake up and, and, and let, let my people go. Let Esther be who she is. Let Ruth be who she is. Let Mary Magdalene be who she is. Let the mother of Jesus, Mary, produce Jesus. Amen? I thought it was a great talk, hopefully liberating. We got a very stiff word about being shepherds, and the shepherds got challenged by Dumi, and um, there was a message on God's providence at Glenridge, which I would encourage you to get as well. Last week, uh, sorry, the week before, I spoke about first love. What is first love? Something about uppermost love. The Apostle John says to the church, Ephesus, that have got an A++ rating in terms of who they are and what they do. They are the most spoken about church. They are the most famous church. And this old man, apostle, in his 90s more, more than likely, speaks to the church and says, you have not lost or made a mistake. He says, you have forsaken your first love. He says, you have intentionally let go of your first love. And you think, like, come on, John, I mean, just chill, bro. I mean, this is, an, this is the church that goes on mission. They, they look after the poor. They, 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 they guard the, the doctrines. They, they check out who the apostles are. They, um, they endure. 
He says, but you have not made a mistake. He's forsaken first love. What was first love? It's uppermost love. That's what it is, uppermost love. It's, um, it's, it's order of priority love. How do you measure love? How, how do we measure love? Why do we need love? And um, the Apostle John, is they, they call him the Apostle of Love, which I think is a very average statement. He's St. John, Evangelist John, Apostle John. But if you Google who was John, they'll say John was the Apostle of Love because he spoke much about love. And he can help us understand love. The first three Gospels are synoptics, synopsis. They are, they are similar, they are systematic, and they give you an accounts of the story of Jesus in the three Gospels, they track each other very closely and they're factual and they're to the point. And uh, Luke, for example, does a careful study as a medical doctor documents. But the Gospel of John is a different Gospel. Okay? It's a, how can I say it is? Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Gospel where he doesn't start with the genealogy of, of Jesus, where he comes from, his mother is, his father is, whose cousin is, um, his uncle and aunts and all that. He goes all the way back to Genesis. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and nothing was made outside of the, what God made through the Word. And he's like, whoa, John, where are you? I mean, can you come down to earth? And John is this man who begins to speak this language that packs about Jesus. He's here to take you into another dimension about who Jesus is. For example, Jesus turns water into wine. Like, what's that about? And he says, you've kept the best wine until now. He says, yeah, these are the best days. You had old, stale, watery religion, but I will give you joy and peace. And so John takes us on this journey to try and tell us not the facts about Jesus, where he was born, actually the exact miracle, and what he, he tells you that this is the Messiah, this is the Son of God, this is, this is remember like the, in Israel had the tabernacle and they had the glory of God present, he is the physical manifestation of the cloud of God, he is, uh, he is the breath of God, he is the light of the world, I, that's just how he starts. Isn't that amazing? So who is this man and what can he help us with? How can he teach us? Well, he's just a fisherman, really. He was uh, in his boat with his brother, James, and his father, Zebedee, and they were mending the net. So who is he? Is he some superstar? No, he's just a fisherman. And, uh, and Jesus calls him and his brother, but doesn't call the dad. <laughs> I'm thinking, why didn't you call the dad? He says, you should leave your dad and you come follow me. And the dad will say, like, what about me? He says, no, you just keep mending your nets. Amazing how Jesus sometimes work, works. And um, he was close to Jesus, very close to Jesus. Do you want all those 14 messages to be true in your life? You can do it. You'll run out of power. You'll run out of grace. You'll run out of legs. You'll get frustrated. You will want the old. You will look at the leaders and think, Who do, what, what? You will struggle, but if you get what John got, you'll probably finish the race because John outlived all the disciples, amen? John had this unusual favor upon him. It's like he was kind of hidden, but he was an amazing man that's, that finished in the most extraordinary way. He survived. They say they tried to boil him in oil. He survived. It's like, how come? His brother got got um, executed young 
But John kept living. What is it about this man? The man that put his head on the chest of Jesus. He was one of the 12, but he was also in the inner circle, Peter, James, and John. He would be a stone throw away from Jesus in Gethsemane, but he fell asleep like the other disciples. So he's not this superhero. He would have heard Moses and Elijah speaking with Jesus. How is he described? Well, John never uses the, the word, as far as I can see, John in the Gospel of John. He doesn't refer to himself as John. How does he refer himself as? Does anybody know? He referred to himself as John thirteen twenty three, as the one whom Jesus loved. Hello, I'm Nick. What's your name? Megan, Robin. Hello, what's your name? I'm the one who Jesus loved. Who are you? I'm the one that Jesus loved. Like, oh, oopsie, this is a super religious kind of guy. He's the kind of guy you don't put at the front of your church to greet people. They think that's weird. But he referred to himself three or four or five times as the one whom Jesus loved. No other gospel describes John as the one whom Jesus loved. No one else except himself describes himself as the one that Jesus loved. <laughs> he doesn't say I'm just one of the 12. In fact, not only I'm one of the 12, I'm one of the, I'm one of the three, man. I'm like big business. He says, no, I'm, I'm the one that Jesus loved. We expect him to, um, to be the one who says, no, I'm the one that loves Jesus. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, I'm the one that loves Jesus. He says, I'm the one that Jesus loves. How would you describe yourself? <laughs> uh, like, I'm a believer. Did Jesus have a soft spot for him? Remember during the time Jesus said, one of you will betray me? Peter says, the one that was seated close to Jesus, he says, ask him. You, John, ask Jesus, who is, who is the betrayer? You see, because John, where, where, wherever Jesus was, John was there. He was just like, he was, he was there. I mean, he was reclining on his chest. He was always there. Okay? He didn't walk on water, but he was there. He, did, he, he was where Jesus, and Peter says, ask him, you close to him. The, the one that Jesus liked to be with. It's as, it's as if he knew he had a favor in his life. It's as if this man, son, he was one of the sons of thunder, which means he was a, quite an aggressive man. He was quite a confrontational man. He was a man that's, that in Samaria, wouldn't, they wouldn't accept the word. He said, should we call down thunder from heaven, blotter those guys? Should we nuke them? That's what... You see, John, John uh, and James, um, uh, sorry, what's his brother's name? James. James, mind. You remember they went to Jesus after Jesus had just spoken about his death? They said, we want you to do, we want you to do for us what we ask you to do. Jesus says, what do you want? Even the mother was there. There were three of them, the mother and the two brothers saying, can, can one sit to your left and one sit to your right in glory? We want profile and we want status. So this in many ways is just a human man like you and us who has this, these incredible moments of intimacy with Jesus, but yet himself is a son of thunder. Himself wants a position when Jesus is saying, my position is at the foot of the cross, or I'm going to be crucified rather. He says, can, can we just like have some glory with you, Jesus? Can we use your ministry for our profile? 
when Jesus, when the disciples had gone back fishing and John also went back fishing, Jesus, remember, stood on the shore and he, and he shouted out to them and he said, have you caught any fish? And they said, no, we haven't. He said, throw your net on the other side. Remember that story? And the Bible says, but the, the, the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. So he's from a distance, maybe up there, maybe where the jungle gym is, throw your net on the other side. Who's this guy? And of course, they catch a whole bunch of fish. John 21, 7, then the disciple whom Jesus loved. There he is again. What? The one that Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. He could recognize Jesus from a father's man. The other disciples couldn't recognize it was Jesus. But John said, hey, Peter. Remember, Peter then puts on his robe and he jumps into the water. He doesn't walk on water, as I think Dave said at the moment. Did you say that? He doesn't, he doesn't walk on water, but he jumps in the water. But it took John to say, there, there he is. Recognize him. All these stories are for us mysteriously. Can you, can you pick it up? Can you recognize Jesus? Can you see where he is? Can you, can you see what's happening? Are you perceptive? Are you caught up in the now? Are you caught up with yourself? I'm the one that Jesus loved. But do you love Jesus? No, no, I, I, me, I, I love Jesus, but I've got some problems. But I know that he loves me. Just a bit later in John 21, 20, Peter has been commissioned by Jesus once again because he's saying, do you love me, feed my sheep? Do you love me, feed my sheep? Do you love me, feed my, look after my lambs, etc., etc." And then Jesus says this hectic thing to him. He says, you're going to be, I'll tell you how you'll, you'll die. You'll be led to where you don't want, don't want to go, speaking of his death. And um, then Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. He is writing, John is writing this book, and once again he says, and Peter saw the disciple that Jesus loved. And Peter says, what about him? Like, I have to go and die. What about your, this guy, this John guy, the, the one that Jesus loves? He says, don't worry about him. If he should remain until I return, what is that to you? You, Peter, this is what I have for you. Okay. John 19, 25 carries on. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. A lot of Marys there. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, again, John speaks of himself as the, as the one that Jesus loved. Why didn't he just put John? Why didn't he just put son of thunder? Why didn't he just put the, the guy that kind of made a couple of mistakes? Why didn't he put just one of the apostles? He said, there once again. And he, what does he say to him? Dear woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this, this disciple, or he doesn't say this, he says, this disciple took her into his house. It's a spiritual masterpiece, the Gospel of John. It's the, it's the book, the Gospel, I find the most delightful. It appeals to my more artistic, prophetic mind. I love it. I dance through it. I get caught up with it. You must be born again. There's a, there's a Pharisee, another rabbi like Jesus comes to Jesus. Jesus says, God must be with you. And Jesus says to him, you must be born again. Born again? Must I climb again into my mother's womb? No, you should know this. You must be born of the spirit and you must be born of water. Are you born again? I remember as a young man, I thought I'm not born again. I go to church. My mother said, if I don't go to church, it's a mortal sin. One day I didn't go to church. I went to Los Angeles Hotel to a pub. 
I felt as if I'd lost. I felt I was going to hell. I had the fear of God that if you didn't go to church, you went to hell. But I wasn't born again. I didn't know that Jesus in the cross. Jesus said, you must be, but you need a transformation. You need a radical encounter. And it happened to Nicodemus. Maybe had a long discussion through the watches of the nights. John gets this astounding revelation of Jesus. He gets this revelation, the apocalypse. It's not only the revelation of who Jesus is, but it's a revelation of the end time. And he's so close to Jesus because he says, the one that Jesus loves, the one that Jesus loves, gives him the revelation. What do you say of yourself? Could you say, I'm the one that Jesus loves? Show me your hand if you can say that. I've got a couple of hands. Even move, eh? Hey. Now, could you really say of yourself, I'm the one Jesus loves? Because if you can, if you can, say, I'm the one that Jesus loves. Don't ask me how that is possible. I know who I am. There are scandal upon scandal. I was reading about more scandals in the church. You see, you see I don't want to talk about red points. I don't want to get here and say, talk about the elders all day. And I don't want to talk about Genesis Collective. I want to talk about Jesus. At the biggest religious evangelical institution in America, which is a, has got a brilliant history, is under huge pressure. It's as if Jesus keeps breaking things and the gospel needs to go out. And all of us need to stand together as one collective, excuse the term, and say, the one that Jesus loves. I can't understand it. I don't know how he could love me, but I'm the one that Jesus loves. His preferred identity. How do you describe yourself? If he said, I'm the one that loves Jesus, you know what he's saying? He's saying, you know what? My love for Jesus versus his love for me is pathetic. That actually, if I'm going to tell you how much I love Jesus, it's like, it's, I can't even do that because I know who I am, but I can tell you about how much he loves me. That's the point of it. Because you see, all of us, uh, I was reading this morning about Billy Graham, the, 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 what, what Billy Graham, if you, if you Google what Billy Graham regrets, you know how many things he regrets? Do you know that? There was a, a famous picture of Billy Graham um, after he had met one of the presidents on the lawn and on, on his knees, and he said, it's a pathetic picture. That he called Richard Nixon, Billy Nick, Nixon was his mate. Then he found out what, what Richard Nixon was doing. Then he found out that he was using the presidency in the White House for his ministry. That he actually said, I wish I'd spend more time in prayer. I wish I'd spend less time getting people saved and more time seeking God. I mean, Billy Graham, our hero. That actually he has so many, he actually says, I wish I'd spend more time with my wife, Ruth. I wish I'd spent more time with my children. I wish I'd spent less time in the world platform and on, on stages and that actually I was quieter with God. I wish I'd put my head in his chest. I mean, that's Billy Graham. Struck by the wonder of Jesus' love for him versus his fragile, broken love for Jesus. My fragile, broken love for Jesus, even for my wife. People say, you've got an amazing marriage. I can tell you that I'm as broken as the next man. But it's seeking the love of God that actually, he says, I've got no love. I, if I can access your love that I can flow through me. Can you say amen? He's saying he's the recipient of that beautiful, eternal, consistent love. 
You see, you can, you can be an incredibly gifted person, but you can't deliver the message of God because there's too much brokenness. You see, John could deliver the gospel of John, John 1, John 2, John 3, and the apocalypse and the revelation. You know why? Because he actually said, I'm the one that Jesus loves. And if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Now, John, I want you to go and speak to the seven churches. And John in 1 John, 2 John, 3 John speaks about love, how he loved us, how we should love one another. But then he's got his address to the seven churches, some pretty heavy, hectic, prophetic messages. And he says, I'll do it. I'll obey you. You see, our ministries will survive if I can say and you can say, unbelievably, mysteriously, I'm the one that Jesus loves. Why he loves me, I don't know, but he does. A new command I give to you, says John in John 13, 34. A new commandment I give you, love one another, full stop. As I have loved you. It is, you know, somebody said, the, the people that I struggle with the most, who said it? Somebody said it. Somebody said it recently. The, the people that I struggle with the most are Christians. The people that I dislike the most, who said it, Angel? Somebody said it recently. Are Christians. They're the most difficult people. I didn't say it. Because I'm one of them. As I have loved you. And so, brothers and sisters, I don't know if you're inviting us home, Marky, to take this Jesus home with us and say, Lord, I need to know that you love me. Because as I have loved you, love one another. He didn't say love one another. He said love one another as I have loved you. How do I love? Like my mom loved me, like my dad loved me. Well, I didn't have a mom and dad that loved me. And I'm a bit broken, and they loved me if I did well, and if I failed, they didn't love me, blah, blah, blah. As I have loved you, love one another. By this will all men know that you are my disciple. We had a horrible thing in our family. It's like a funny joke. Who's the favorite? There were four siblings. Especially my older ones, I've tried to lose that thing, who's the favorite. So when I go back to Mauritius with my siblings, they say, oh, he's the favorite. And we, we joke together. John is not saying I'm the favorite of the three, the favorite of the 12. Peter thought so. Ask him, you're like, you're close to him, you're the favorite. He didn't say that. But John doesn't say I'm the favorite. He, John just says, the one that Jesus loves. Are you breathing? So he was full of love because he accepted the fact his identity was not Nicholas, which means victory to the people. That's what my name means. Interesting, isn't it? But he says, don't even worry about my name. I'm just the one that Jesus loved. Overflowing. Take that message to the church. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. What did Jesus say? You know what Jesus says? He could have said, you know, I'm the Messiah. I'm the Son of God. I'm the promised Here's my love. You know, Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Jesus even says, I'm not even coming to you out of my own love. I'm coming to you as the Father. Behold, my beloved Son, whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. The heavens were torn open. The dove came down. They heard the message. This is my Son. I love him. With that love, I now love you. He didn't even come and say, I'm such a cool guy. My name is Jesus. 
uh, born of the Virgin Mary, yo, wah, wah. He just said, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Interesting that one. He says, he says if you have not love, you, you, you're like a sounding gong, like a, like a cymbal. But he says, he says, I am nothing if I have not love. John says, I'm the one that Jesus loved. Are you the one that Jesus loved? Because if you are, you won't measure yourself by other people. You see, John didn't say, as I said, oh, I wish I could walk on water like Peter. You know, why does Jesus often use the word Peter and not the word John? He often says, Tell, make sure Peter hears. Peter this, Peter this, Peter this. Peter is the, the prominent apostle. John is not saying, see, like I'm second. Like, you know, you've got the, the bronze medalist and like got a half a smile. No, quarter smile. Then you've got the silver medalist, like half a smile. Like. Then you've got the gold medalist. Competition. How big is your church? How big is your business? Wow, wow. What do people think of you? Were you invited? Were you included? Bouncing off people. Bouncing off circumstances. How much money do I have? How much money do I have? I wish I had money like that person. I wish I was pretty like she was. I wish I was handsome like he. I don't know what. And, and all day we're insecure. They didn't invite me. I was left off. I haven't been invited. I'm alone. Bouncing off. Measuring yourself by other people. Measuring yourself by your own self. I'm a disappointment. Once a couple of guys recently at a golf course, they were having played golf, had a few drinks together like old schoolmates. And the one schoolmate said to the other, I just want to tell you, I won't mention his name, you're a bit of a disappointment. <laughs> just want to tell you, bro, you've actually been a bit of a disappointment to us. <laughs> We're disappointed to ourselves. I'm going to go and pray now, Lord. Like Twitter, Facebook, I don't know what. <laughs> Read my Bible. <laughs> Disappointment. I wish I married another woman. I made a covenant for life, but I just, just a disappointment. See, all that, in a way, John left. And he said, I'm the one that Jesus loved. I need to drink from that fountain. I need to, and, and all of us will say amen, but until we get there, it's taken me years. I am the bread of life. Remember when, when, when Moses said, who are you? He said, I am that I am. Remember that? I am, I am. I am the one. I am, what I write in my notes? I am Consistent. I am love. I am everything. I, I, I can't just give you one aspect. I am all things. John says, God is love. So the moment you encounter love, you're encountering the nature of God. John goes on to say about Jesus, I am the bread of life. The other guys don't say that. I am the lights of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. 1 John 4, God is love. The essence and the foundation, the bedrock of Christianity, I am love. And he's declaring once again that the great I am is the I am of love. And I am the one that he loves. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? If you see yourself through the eyes of Jesus, the way he sees you, he says, I see that I love that person. People say, you know, remember I've often quoted the story. I got a call from a pastor once about this lady in our church who's no longer here. 
wow, 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 wow. And if you missed the past, then you who she was, and you, oh, and you wouldn't let her lift her hands on Sunday. Eventually I said, wow, you know a lot about this lady. And so how are you? Do you have any struggles? Do you have any slight hypocrisies in your life? No, I'm not talking about me. I said, no, no, you're attacking one of the sheep of our church. I know she's broken. Don't worry, I know. I know she's insecure. But so are you, sir. I need to encounter the God who loves me. And that lady did struggle. And she did fall apart. But actually, I am the bread of life. See, see, Christians, there are too many stories for all of us because we, we're running on empty that I'm the one that Jesus loves. Have you ever seen a kid? I, I, it fascinates me. You can ever say a room full of adults and, or people and like, you know, adults and making a noise and oh, oh, big, you know, stuff. And, and then a little kid runs in and the kid looks at everybody and thinks, oh, check all these adults. And then it sees its parent. And eventually, I have this picture of this kid and the parents sitting and the mom and dad and the kid will look at everybody, feel quite intimidated and freaked out and then run to the parents and hold on to mommy's arm or skirt or whatever and, and then just like, who are you guys? I got my mom and my dad because I know that I'm loved. It's instinctive in us. Looks around for affirmation from Jesus, the one whom Jesus loved. That which was from the beginning, that which we heard, this is John, this is the old man speaking now, which we have seen with our eyes, I saw him, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, I touched this Jesus. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, and we have seen it, and we testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life. Remember, um, you know, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That was a true statement, but John is saying, I touched him. I heard him. I was with him. I saw him. We heard him. Which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. He says, you can't have fellowship with us. If you're all broken and you don't know the love of God. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And so we write this to make our joy complete. And so I've spoken about that. No comparison anymore. One of the great struggles of pastors. You know what that kind of led you into a secret? That, that pastors, you know, when your church is not growing and somebody else. I met a pastor, I think two recently. One a church of 30 Another guy said, there's just, uh, uh, we, yesterday, another person said, we've got 40 people in our church and we're all about 90. That's what, he, he said, he said we, and, and we gossip all the time. I thought, and there's a church across the, uh, the, the valley from us. And it's like, there must have been 20 million rand building and the lights are on all day. He's saying, do you know those people? I said, don't know them. You know how difficult it is? Remember, people say, you know, the church must do this and we must have this. And so there's such insecurity in ministries. As Chris Vilan said, there's 3,000 pastors leaving the church. Where's the revival? Where's the revival? But I know this, that John the Baptist, I mean, John, who was exiled to Patmos, a little stony, stony 
outcrop where you, you couldn't sit, it was so sore. He said, I'm the one that Jesus loved. He knew this, I'm, I'm bring, coming to land. He knew Exodus 15, in your unfading love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. The Lord, the Lord, the compassion, the grace, abounding in love. What does abounding mean? It means plentiful in love. That's the foundation of the Jewish religion. Save me, which is the most used prayer, which is the prayer we should all be using the most. Save me from hypocrisy. Save me from lust. Save me from disbelief. Save me from a lack of worship. I just don't want to worship God. I'm not going to raise my hands. That's what Israel did. When they, when they got into the land and God had blessed them, they said, whatever. They looked at the, God said, lift your hands. Just look at me. Worship me. You've got to go to this nation. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. No, no. Ah, I'm the one that Jesus loves. Because if I know that I'm loved, love will begin to issue and bubble out of me. Now he showed them the full extent of his love. He washed their feet. You know what John's saying? He's saying, we see the, but, but John, you're not such a bad guy. No, I'm, a, I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy that wanted to be glorified when Jesus was being crucified. I'm the guy that wanted to destroy people. I don't have love. So I need to be the one. So he, he, John realizes he showed us the full extent of his love when he washed their feet. As I have loved you, so loved. Greater love is no one than this, than he that lay his life down for his friends. He was watching Jesus get crucified, and he said, you know what? This Jesus loves me. And then I can be a good husband. And then I don't have to be all insecure if I'm a wife. Because actually Jesus loves me. You may have lost your friends. You may have lost your money. You may be sick today. You may be struggling. You may not understand politics of South Africa. I don't think I do. I certainly don't understand politics of America. And I certainly don't understand politics of Russia and Europe right now and the United Nations and NATO. Brothers and sisters, the world is changing. Brothers and sisters, inflation is going to hit us. Brothers and sisters, some of us may lose our jobs. It's great to have you, Doug. Where are you, Doug? Doug Furry, Doug and Lynn. Doug was in a prayer meeting. He was telling me now, Doug was in a prayer meeting. He was praying, and he fell onto a priest, and he didn't breathe for two minutes. So effectively, he was, they say, if you don't breathe for one minute, your brain goes fuzzy, Dougie. And then they began to cry out. And Dougie's got a little thing that he's got in his pocket that he can shock his heart if his heart goes. But even if you did go and see Jesus, it would have been a great place to go, Doug, in a prayer meeting. Can you say amen? Amen. That's where I'd like to go. You can, Doug. Yes. Ah. Okay, so that's you today. There's a message from a man that has been to the grave and back. That, that your name needs to be written in the book of life. So if this, you're here this morning and your name is not written in the book of life, there's somebody that's been sent from the other side, I think, eh, Doug? It took how many minutes to revive you? 40 minutes to sort him out. So he's come here this morning. I don't know why he's here because he's got in another church. Maybe for the you here this morning and God's saying, I want to write your name in the book of life, but you need to accept my love. You need to be born again. 
Can I finish the sermon now, please? I know the elders are saying, Nick, finish, 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 finish. I am. I loved researching this topic. I'm the one that Jesus loved. Why don't you stand with me? And Mano. Mano and the mermaids, please. Perhaps they say the most settled apostle. So settled, so easy, so used by God, like Swayze. Not one of the big hitters, just feeding people, bringing people to youth. The Americans are shooting each other at schools and the Europeans are bombing each other. Stealing money from each other, doing deals. The church should be the ones that say, No, we're the ones that Jesus loves. And you, do you love? No, we love him, but in comparison, our love is fragile. But his love, we're the recipients of that love. And that love that goes out into the four corners of the globe. Are you born again? John paints pictures. He says, he is the vine. You need to be grafted into the vine. Tired. You're a wild olive tree. You need to branch. You need to come in. And you need to bind. And you need to draw the sap from Jesus. And you will live eternally. This morning you're saying, mm, I'm not born again. I'm not a recipient of his love. Maybe some like Zacchaeus have got stuff in my life, but Jesus says, I want to be in your house today. If you want to receive the saving power of Jesus Christ, because you know that you know, man, I'm just, I'm not there. Every eye closed. Close your eyes, church. Pray. If that's you, I'd love to ask you to lift your hand nice and high. Lift your hand to say, I need Jesus as my Savior. I need Him as my Savior. I need to receive the love of God, the saving power. You say, actually, I need to repent of the way I've lived. I need to, I need to turn around. Just lift your hand. Lift your hand up. You could have been in this church for 20 years and you're saying, actually, I don't know that I'm born again. Just lift your hand, please. If you've got yourself into a complete mess, you say, I need Jesus. Lift your hand. You need to be born again. I need the saving power of Jesus. I need somebody, I need him to write my name in a book. I need to know that I'm included in the story of eternal life. Can you lift your hand, please? Why don't you pray, church? People want revivals, but actually there's such a battle for souls. 
such a battle. But God so loved the world, there it is again, that he sent the foundation of Christianity is the love of God. While we were yet sinners, Christ showed his love for us in that he died for us. While we were sinners in darkness, he said, even though you were broken and dark, I, I lay down my life for you. That is my love, that the essence of salvation is the love of God. And so there are souls, I know people prayed for me. They, I was resistant and they prayed and they took me to church and I said, I don't want this, I don't want, I don't want this. And then eventually I said, yes, okay, I surrender, Lord. So glad I surrendered. I want to surrender again, Lord, and again and again and again. They're playing games with God, playing games, not worshiping Him. When we see him, we will fall. His, his best friend, John, his closest one to him, when he saw him, he fell as though dead. He said, I didn't realize how glorious he was. His eyes were blazing like the sun. Fire. His clothes were, were bristling white. If you've raised your hand, come forward. Just come forward if you raise your hand. Don't, don't hesitate. Just come stand in front of me. Don't look at the people. If you've raised your hand, just come. Come forward. Come stand here. Every, every heart's praying. Come, 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 come forward. Every heart praying. Come some more people that you've raised your hand. Come forward. Saying, actually, I want to cross a line. I, I, I want to get to the other side, Jesus. And I ask you all to take one step forward, just, just to take one step forward. Great statement from our conference. Close your eyes as you look on high. So many young people. Who else? Who else? Come. Come forward. Don't worry about a single person. Don't worry about anybody. Just say, I, I, want, I want to take a step. I want to be born again. Sorry, I want to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to cross the line. Thank you, sir. Who else? Older man here, middle-aged man. Over here? I know you're here. You're wrestling, you're wrestling, you're wrestling, you're wrestling. But caught up in stuff. Come. I'll wait for you. Can I have leaders with these people? Just some people in the front. Can you just, just come lay hands? Come, leaders, deacons, elders, come. Come find somebody. Come impart your love to them. anybody else that wants to come forward you say Nick I'm not sure I'm not sure that I'm saved I want to say come forward I'm not sure that I'm born again I want to say come come down come receive Christ as your Lord and Savior if you're not sure Lord, I pray for the power to save today. I pray, for the, I pray for the transformative power of Jesus. I pray for the gospel to save, to change, to deliver, to set free, to radically and profoundly, Lord, change the lives of these precious people that, 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 that they've come forward. They're saying there's something in my life. I want, I want, it, I, I want life. And Lord, I pray that they would be the recipients, Lord, of your power and your love that will be magnificently and profoundly transformative. And I pray that you would break the power of sin 
and to break the power of darkness and break the confusion and the accusations day and night, Lord. And Lord, I pray that this spirit of salvation would sweep up into this church to the four corners of this building, Lord, and touch hearts that maybe even are resistant like I was resistant and you would touch them, God, and save them, Jesus. And I pray for a great harvest that would come, Lord. And I thank you for these young people that are here this morning. It'd be indicative, Lord, that you're wanting to move powerfully on the camp, that you're wanting to move, Lord, amongst young people like never before. For surely, Lord, they are dissatisfied with the world as they see it broken. I pray for great fires of revival. I pray, Lord, for great communities of young people that would gather in your name and they would see the most amazing miracles. They would see signs and wonders. God, I pray that they would experience something of your wonder and your power. And Lord, as we cried out to you on Thursday night for the saving of souls, I pray, Lord, that this would just be a first fruits, Lord, that these would just be the first signs of salvation. But that, Lord, like John, we would say, we beheld his glory, the glory of the one and only, that which we saw, we heard, we touched. I pray, God, that they would experience the transformative power of the gospel like John did, and he could pen these letters, Lord, that were so magnificent. And so we fall on our knees, Lord, in gratitude to you, and thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And so would you just pray with these people, leaders, please come to the front of them so that they can see you face to face, and pray for them, and love on them, and, and, and find out what their names are. And connect with them, amen. Just give me one more minute. And Lord, upon us, your people, your saints, like Doug and Lynn, like others in this room that we don't even know about, Lord, that you know what's happening. Brood and come, Lord. I really want you to take Mikey's word home. I want to come to your house today. Could, could, you, could you wave to me and say amen? Could, could, could you say, okay, Lord, Nick and Kati, uh, the Lord says he wants to come to your house today. What does that mean? Something needs to happen maybe. We need to have an expectation as something. It could be for 10 minutes. It could be for 10 hours. It could be a meal where you break bread at lunch and you say, Jesus, we break bread as a family, as a community. And you say Amen. Take this sermon, brothers and sisters. Go and find out about this brother, this apostle John, and say, Lord, I want to be like this man. I want to be the one that Jesus loves. Thank you so much for listening as you continue to pray. Thank you, Manu.